0: Hello, friends, and welcome to the most glorious of events, the Movie Mavericks Podcast. This outstanding program is hosted by two fine gentlemen, Jason and Trevor. Now make it so. MovieMavericks.com
1: Hey now, everybody. Welcome to episode 364 of the Movie Mavericks Podcast. I'm Trevor Anderson. and you over to Jason Rugard. He's got a rundown for us.
0: On tonight's episode, we are going to once again look back at two television shows that were spun off from two movie franchises. Uh, Both fairly successful movie franchises, I would say, and uh, mixed results on the television show. One is going to be (laughs) Time Cop, spun off from the 1994 Jean-Claude Van Damme film, directed Mm -hmm. by Peter Himes. The second is going to be Bill & Ted's Excellent Adventures, which was spun off, obviously, from the Bill & Ted series, which has a third film coming to video on demand in select theaters this friday so i'm kind of excited to see bill and ted 3 are you excited for bill and ted 3 i'm really excited
1: for it it looks like not only does it look like a really fun movie but i love um at this point in time uh, strangely enough a throwback movie like that it's not really a remake but it is kind of like one of those things where typically we'd be complaining about it um i'm more excited for it than i think i normally would be
0: yeah, especially with things being so slow in what, like new product coming out in the movie world. Uh, this was supposed to go mm-hmm. to theaters. This uh, To me I, I think I would have gone and seen this in a movie theater. I hope it's going to be good. I don't think that they're treading on nostalgia too much. I like the idea of what they're doing here and kind of the alternate versions it looks like or even mm-hmm. a, a Christmas Carol type ghost of present and past and future and all that kind of stuff. That's
1: kind of how the their stuff works in general. But yeah, I agree with you. It looks like a, an updated version. It's not a uh, it's gonna be exactly what's well, perfect, I guess, really, because they're if they're aged right exactly where they are now.
0: Perfect, because also that they're mm-hmm. getting back to the time traveling gimmick, which I feel they kind of got away from in Bogus Journey. I mean, they went to hell, obviously, mm-hmm. or or avoided going to but hell. Death in some is factors. so good. Oh, I mean, I'm glad he's back for this third one, just based on William Sadler. Who knew that that was like a, a symbolic character, an iconic character for him. After doing a lot of solid work in other films, I mean, probably most notably, Die Hard Two as the villain, but he's in really, I should say, The Green Mile. He's great in, in Shawshank Redemption, but in that, mm-hmm. he's particular. He's so nuanced in that performance. I love him in Bogus Journey. He's by far, I think, the best part of Bogus Journey. I've always preferred
1: the yeah, first film
0: to the second. Uh, I heard Reeves and Alex Winters recently on. Is it Winter or Winters? Do you know? Is there a, a correct spelling there, um, Alex Winter? Isn't it Winters? not
1: plural? Isn't it just one?
0: Is it singular? <laughs> All right. Well, it's just one it's, of them.
1: It's only one guy, right?
0: That's what I like about it. Uh, he He's just one little fella there. He yeah,
1: right. And Reeves yeah, it's were just on. just winter. I mean, I Reeves, there's two, but there's only one winter.
0: There is only one Keona
1: Reeves, I'll tell you that right now. No, there's two. It's plural. Yeah, Reeves. I know. I mean, there is uh, only one Reeve, but that's someone else. Do you ever
0: think that Alex Winter gets upset that Keanu Reeves' career went the way it did? That there's a little bit of jealousy there?
1: Like instead of him, you mean? Yeah,
0: because Reeves just, after they had their, looking back to the original story I heard, I heard them on a podcast and they were saying that at one point they were in Rome and they were about to shoot a scene. And they looked at each other and they said, but this what? is never going to get seen by anybody. And the movie was shelved for a year. I didn't realize that. That the original movie was supposed to come out in 87 mm-hmm. and they put it on the back burner for a year and it was an unexpected hit. It really did the biggest numbers on home video, which is the burgeoning market at the time.
1: So yeah, much I mean, it's so a perfect uh, it spun VHS off. movie. It's
0: a movie that I saw on VHS. I didn't see it in the theater. I remember it coming out in theaters, but I didn't see, I remember the marquee. Right, but I did right. not see Well, both see of it. those,
1: both that and Bogus Journey, uh, both of them were, for me, heavily rented movies.
0: Yeah, my buddy actually owned the sell-through version of uh, Bogus Journey. So he had, like, the videotape. had that hyper-colored pink box mm-hmm. uh, with Bogus, uh, with the death and the guys pressed against kind of the glass. Um, movies that were really nostalgic for our childhood, and they were spun off in not only... Let's talk about Bill and Ted since we're already on it. Let's talk about that show first. This was it's the
1: first one, right? Comes comes out in 1992 on the Airwaves. And that was because
0: it was supposed to come out in 1991, but Fox, which was the studio producing this, held it back mm-hmm. a year so that it could tread on the success of Bogus Journey, which was coming out in theaters in late summer of 1991, and it did fairly well in the theaters, but it also Fox was also airing a Saturday morning mm-hmm. cartoon. And ironically or whatever you may not even ironically maybe just comically the cartoon lasted for two seasons
1: yeah, you're talking about Excellent the cartoon Adventure. of bill and ted just so everyone
0: yes it had a cartoon to be it had it
1: crystal clear on it. that's that's what you're talking about well, yeah mm-hmm.
0: yeah well to be fair there was also a cartoon spin-off of police academy which we did we talked about yes, last there was. week um mm-hmm. but bill and ted's had a two-season run of a, a cartoon and this is the live action version that we're speaking of, that was also done by Fox, but after the cartoon came to an end. These weren't running concurrently, but Bill & Ted's was spun off into two ancillary markets, and the cartoon was voiced by Reeves and Winter. Bill & Ted's Excellent Adventures, the live-action television show, which we'll talk about tonight, was acted by two unknown actors that really didn't do much after. Evan Richards played Bill, and Christopher Kennedy played Ted, and... What what can you most or what, do you have anything nice to say about their performance? I'll say that if you close your eyes, it kind <laughs> no. of sounds like them.
1: No, I think it's horrible. I mean, it's one of the reasons that I found this to be damn near unwatchable, other than the fact that it's really boring. Is that these guys, as Bill and Ted, just don't work? They don't work for me, anyways. Well, this
0: show, I I, I didn't think they were that bad. I didn't think the show was unwatchable by any means. I think that this we ran for one season, seven episodes. Uh that's not the, a season. Well, yeah, I know, right? But they're calling it a
1: season. <laughs> that's canceled.
0: But there was, I mean, so it aired from September, or I'm sorry, from June to August, to 1992. Mm-hmm. And to me, this is a, a strange, uneasy mixture of a couple of Fox shows at the time. One being Saved by the Bell. The other being, I'm sorry, that's NBC, is Saved by the Bell. So it kind of reminds me of Saved by the Bell meets... Parker Lewis mm-hmm. Can't Lose. Do you remember that show? S- uh-huh. Synchronized Swatch Watches. It kind of has that feel. I don't think it looks cheap by any means, but it has that early... Ni- At least there's no fucking laugh track. If there was a laugh track on this thing, it would be even more deadly than <laughs> it is, I think. So I'm grateful there's no laugh track, but it is, or it was developed by Savage Steve Holland and Darren Starr. And Savage Steve Holland did work in Better Off Dead and One Crazy Summer, and Darren Starr was pretty much responsible for most of Fox's programming in the early 90s with Nine Hundred Two and Melrose Place. So I didn't particularly mind the episode. You thought this episode was absolutely terrible?
1: Yeah, what was good about it? Uh, okay. It's super boring, man.
0: <laughs> boring? I thought, if anything, it was energetic. I found I this, so we had totally... Really? Yeah, so we had totally different... Um, let me consult my notes. I, I really thought that, if anything, it was... Uh, energetic and frenzied I have written down here but over plotted I mean this, there's a lot of plot going on in this thing is, is there not no <laughs> no you didn't think so
1: do you watch the same thing no they go uh, they go to try to get a job right right yeah
0: no hold on They you're short selling here they go to get a job well, I'm not short selling and That's when they find what work is at the local hardware store but it's only in their condition that they take the owner's ugly daughter to the dance uh huh but the fucking idiots rebuke it, and they then they're visited by well, Rufus the time traveling, who's yeah. you know recast here by Rick Overton, who actually is okay uh, taking over for George Carlin in a very short sequence there, but has kind of the George Carlin look. Uh, and they decide to, you know they find out that humanity's future hangs in the balance, and they have to go back 15 minutes and, and repatch up things with the owner of the shop to get the job to take the girl to the dance. But they somehow go to like the 1920s. And get involved with an obsessed mobster and his girlfriend no, they go and bring into a her comic back. Book.
1: They go into a comic book.
0: I missed that totally. I thought they went back yeah. into okay, so you, you oh, that's regardless. why she's
1: white. That's why she's black and white. They well, go into a, like a black and white comic book.
0: There's a Pleasantville thing going on where they bring her into the real world and she's still black and white and she's seeing colors. And that's why for she's the first amazed. Time. Like
1: when she comes into the real world, she's like it's three D, like she can see the front and the back. Gotcha. Same time. I, mean, <laughs> I don't know
0: I thought that it was it was fairly I mean they're, they're fairly more clever than I thought it was going to be in the, but That's a lot of plot for a, a 17 minute show or 18 minute show with When it's all said It's about and, uh, as
1: much plot as the, as the police academy thing I guess I thought they were both boring and I would just say that um, I don't know I didn't have the, the energy of the movies And the characters really didn't seem that excited to me I don't know. It did seem cheap. I d I didn't think it seemed cheap I mean, because mean, a by had, the Bell is cheap. Have you seen Save by the Bell lately? Compared yeah, it's to Save by the Bell, cheap. it is super cheap. Yeah, Save by the Bell has
0: like three sets, but there is there was some cheap moments in this, but I thought at least that it was done that there was some thought put into it. I didn't think that it was, it was a throwaway hmm. pilot, um, hmm. much like Black Bart was last week that we talked about. Yeah. Um and uh Police Academy, which I thought was I thought Police Academy was much more painful to look at. And to, to watch in terms of characters that were obnoxious and not going uh-huh. anywhere, this didn't last long enough. To this was really like, they say it's twenty two to twenty four minutes. That was with yeah. commercials. This is barely ran eighteen minutes. Uh, once no, no, again, no. if you it's want to 30 watch minutes this with
1: commercials, the thing's like twenty two minutes.
0: If you want to watch this, this is available on the Movie Mavericks page where the podcast is, and on our YouTube channel. So you can kind of join in here. The original Bill and Ted's was written by Chris Matheson and Ed Solomon. And Ed Solomon, I've always really respected as a writer. I, I think he just does fun stuff. And I was looking over his filmography, and one of the interesting credits he has, his first credit ever is for Revenge of the Nerds 2, Nerds in Paradise, which I, I love the Nerds movies, and that's <laughs> probably one of my favorite ones of the whole series. Uh, but on the, he's credited on the soundtrack for lyrics to No one 15 which once I say that, I'm sure you heard the song in your head, right? No, 115. Uh, Then he writes Bill and Ted's (laughs) One and Two, Mom and Dad Save the World, Super Mario Brothers, Men in Black, uncredited rewrites on Charlie's Angels and X Men, and has a whole list of uh, things after that. I mean, he's retreated Now You See Me movies. Well, Uh, imagine that with Eddie Murphy and comes back now for Bill and Ted's.
1: Well, that sounds great, except for Imagine That. I know, the Eddie Murphy one. I, I I wouldn't.
0: It's not great it's not great
1: yeah
0: it's, I can imagine it's it, that one and the the was it Thousand Words or where you only had X oh, amount right, of words right. left
1: I think that is called Thousand Words isn't
0: it those two and, and Meet Dave particularly those three Meet really Dave. got I
1: forgot about Meet those Dave
0: those three really got shit on but I'm gonna tell you what like entertainment wise those are better than Daddy Daycare they're better than the
1: Haunted Mansion and they're better than Showtime not sure
0: I, so, I mean, oh, like,
1: I don't, I doubt that. I like Showtime. Oh, uh, you um, watched and I it. I liked uh, Daddy Daycare. I haven't seen it in a while, but I haven't seen the other ones at all. And I wouldn't say that. I, mean, I would highly doubt that. Like a thousand words, or I, you're talking about like that's like saying, well, oh, Mr. Popper's Penguins is better than like like another Jim Carrey movies. Uh, no way.
0: Better than Yes Man.
1: Please, I, uh, no, it's not.
0: Uh I like Popper's Penguins.
1: No, you don't. Don't do lie. It's lie been a long time since I've
0: seen it. You got a lot of kick. <laughs> well, Solomon that's like, was uh, also. That's like, uh, he
1: I was also great good. Go go please. Well, uh, of course, like Mister Deeds is trending on Netflix, right? Why? <laughs> have
0: people that bored? Fuck.
1: Because yeah, it's the new. It's the new movie. Uh, I'm guessing people haven't seen it. I don't know what they're doing watching it.
0: I think a lot of people but, just turn shit on. What I find out about that that Netflix top 10 list is that most people are just watching television shows, one. And two, a lot of uh-huh. people just turn shit on and fall asleep. Because I don't think everybody is watching certain like random movies that pop up on there it, it, it especially with mm-hmm. extraction the bruce willis one popped up on there not not the one with chris hemsworth <laughs> right i know the, the bruce willis one, which i, I thought know. people must have just like randomly stumbled upon that and thought oh this isn't what i meant to um, watch but it's yeah. on
1: but it is interesting i mean all comedians have the that phase of um of uh, high concept movies that are just kind of dog shit
0: well yeah, yeah i'll do Will Ferrell stumbled upon that, in probably the last sure. five six years, they'll have say. it. They'll have them. Yeah. Well, you know when they start going back to the well and start doing sequels, comedy sequels really should rarely be done. And when you're milking it, you now you're like on a third one, or you're thinking e- he's not good, he's not good. <laughs> um, Ed Solomon though was a script consultant on the Gary Shandling show, yeah, uh, which was mm-hmm. a, a great show itself, but. Second only to The Larry Sanders, Sanders
1: Show. Sanders Show, right.
0: Which uh, is available on HBO Max right now. I've been kind of going through that as well. Still a great show. Yeah. Uh, and one of the, I it but blows me away, we're getting way off topic here, but The Larry Sanders Show, which starring Gary Shandling, The Mock mm-hmm. Late Night Show, for instance, I'm watching an episode and it's from 93 and it's got Alec Baldwin on it. And when he brings him out, he says, currently starring in Malice with Nicole Kidman and can be seen on the uh-huh. upcoming The Getaway <laughs> with Kim Basinger. So it's yeah. like they're actually promoting what they're doing, but like yeah. I always wondered like how they sold it to the actor. Like, okay, we're going to, like, really infuse what you're doing here. We're going to give you a script to go off of. and well, they, they all understood. Yeah, I mean, they're all I – mean, it probably is funner for them than to go on our fucking regular, like, Carson or Leno at the time or Letterman, you know? Yeah, and they way. do that
1: all the time the other way around, too. They include I, – I mean, the, the amount of times you've seen, like, Conan O'Brien doing his show in a movie oh, uh, yeah. just as, like, a little one-off thing is a lot. True,
0: true. Yeah, even, like, just on a, a background of a, a TV in a, an apartment or something. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But uh, we, we digress very far off topic. Uh turns out that Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures was a short-lived little series, June 28th to For August reasons. 9th, For 1992. Uh, I don't think it's because of lack of energy. <laughs> I think that this... because it sucks.
1: This Have is you, did what you I'm watch more? Do you know what the difference is this
0: between one? this one... Uh, I did watch the, the following one because there's... Do like does it get... Mm,
1: mm. Did you say this was
0: directed by Andy Tennant, the guy who would go on to do Ever <laughs> yeah. After and, and Anna the yeah. King and like real movies? A lot of these shows <laughs> yeah. back in the day are directed by quote unquote real directors. I mean,
1: he's directed a lot of TV. So. Some,
0: uh, my girlfriend was watching the pilot episode of Growing Pains, which is talk about literally painful, uh, and it's directed <laughs> by John Pasquin, who did. Like jungle the jungle and yeah. a whole bunch of Disney films. It's like the real directors were cutting their teeth. But doing TV. Yeah. Yeah. At the time, back when TV was kind of taboo, you know, when you wouldn't here's, I digress further. Have you ever watched Moonlighting? The Bruce yeah, Willis show? Okay. So I tried to watch the pilot episode the other night and it's pretty fucking good pilot episode. It's kind of reminds me of a little bit of Miami vice, but a little softer, but with kind of some, you know, like some type
1: thing, private detective shit. I love it. Like yeah.
0: It had like it had a, a interesting action angle to it too and it was shot mm-hmm. kind it of had like a nice score I saw some Michael Mann type touches in there but good yep. writing however I'm watching it because it's very hard to find so I'm watching it on some bootleg bullshit on YouTube and the framing's mm. off you ever come across one of these things where like it's it's framed too <laughs> high so I kept thinking why is this shot so oddly and why do I have like this claustrophobic hmm. reaction to this material
1: you can't stream that anywhere
0: I don't think you can find moonlighting anywhere but I just wondered Maybe. if you were a fan of that show i Back have the dvds so oh do you really yeah. yeah okay so you were a fan obviously um, yeah, yeah. uh yeah i mean David bruce Harris.
1: willis in this is, is fantastic and so is a uh, civil uh, shepherd What i'm not, I'm not a huge fan of civil shepherd but in this show i, I really like it and of course i mean uh, you brought up revenge of the nerds but you have that kind of stuff here you have curtis armstrong yeah, and at uh, least beasley is is great too is she,
0: I mean, that's the the she's secretary. Hysterical.
1: Yeah, the little mousy type secretary, kind of girl. bug-eyed
0: secretary. Yeah. She she got so popular from that show. She was doing like coffee commercials and whatnot for a long time after that, and mm-hmm. she was always known for that. Um, but yeah. She so always, I,
1: she's always what I think. If you remember, oh, I'm going to do it this uh, episode apparently. But if you remember, when we were in film school. we yeah. had a Teacher Lois Fox. Got, she always him. reminded me of her.
0: You're right. She does. Re- she did remind us of our teacher, of our instructor. Now that you say that, I can see what you're saying. Dressed like a goddamn kindergarten teacher. Yeah, just very <laughs> mousy. Like,
1: oh, hey, hey, hey,
0: you know. I, uh, I, I remember that Curtis Armstrong, a.k.a. Booger from the Revenge of the Nerds movies, uh-huh. uh, and also in Risky Business, because I mean, sometimes you just got to know when to say fuck it. You got to <laughs> give it up for him for that line. That's a classic, iconic uh-huh. line in a great movie. But I forgot he comes on to that show. That was a big thing, because I'm not that far into it, but I, I really am in it, so I didn't know if you'd ever seen it, but... How you saying that you own them mm, on DVD means that, yes, you definitely streaming. dig it. It's, it's your thing.
1: Yeah, I haven't watched it in a while, but I did. Uh, I, I remember watching reruns and stuff on TV, so when it came on to DVD, um, I got them. I don't know if I got them all, but I did get a couple of them and, uh, and watched them. I, I think they're really good. Um, better than, I, I mean, that's a show that I would recommend to people. It's better than you uh, think it would be.
0: Yeah, I agree. I was kind of surprised at how much I was enjoying it. But I, I'm a big Bruce Willis fan, and uh, it's Esquire just had an article that said, is titled, Why Does Bruce Willis Still Make Movies When He Clearly Doesn't Want to? Or Why does he appear <laughs> in movies that he doesn't want to be in? And That's it was not a bad very, question. And I mean, money, money, money is the the answer to that, but it's also mm-hmm. like, because they're affording him, like, like Steven Seagal, a paycheck to be as lazy as possible, not stretch himself, and not it's do true. anything. And he's also um, aged out of a genre that calls for a lot of physicality. And it, it just, I don't know. He seems like, he's I don't so... think,
1: I don't know. Um, is he? What's the last time so many, you saw how, him? But give there's so shit. many people. I mean, we, we, we were talking about Dolph Lundgren earlier for the show. There's lots of people still doing physical uh, things and they look like they want to uh, the movies suck, believe me, but they still want to be there. You know, Nicholas Cage wants to be there. You can tell that these people are trying to some degree, but the movies just suck.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know what Bruce Willis's pompous shit is. but I mean, this this goes back as far as Expendables two when Stallone and him got into a row about uh, I think he goes Expendables back three. Than that um, yeah, I don't mean I think he's I would, given
1: a shit since the late mid two thousands.
0: Yeah, I, I would say around two thousand four is when you see yeah a big somewhere dip. in there yeah. Although I I still will hold by and say he had a decent run with Tears of the Sun. Hostage sure. and sixteen blocks. I think that those are all solid. Those are all good. Uh, I mean, the, and then you could even say the Die Hard Four. I was going to
1: say that. Yep, that one fits in there too.
0: But when you start getting around the surrogates, there is a huge drop off. And as much as I like Cop Out, it's not because of him. I think Tracy Morgan and I like that that movie just kind of fun to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, it's I just I watched Red recently, uh, and I just was like, those oh, are Bruce really Lee. good though. He was kind of in the first one. He at least kind of seems mm-hmm. like he gives a shit but there's some shots where you're like ah but he yeah. probably felt like he you know, was pushed you, because of I was uh, just going to say uh, because uh, fucking the, about Malkovich yeah, man yeah, Malkovich and, thank you I mean yeah Hopkins I mean there's and, no way you're
1: you're going up against uh, um, Malkovich and, and uh, god what's her name uh, I no, can't I won't the, remember. Uh, Helen Mirren. Uh, Helen Mirren, thank you. Yeah, there's no way you're going up against b- uh, both of them, and it's Morgan Freeman in those. Yeah, two Yeah, Morgan
0: Freeman. Yeah, yep, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, so yeah, there's no way you're going to be involved in that cast and not have to pony up. You know. Yeah, you got to
0: bring it. It's gonna take some energy, Bruce. Low energy, Bruce. Which we call him right now. <laughs> <laughs> He's very tired. He needs a nap. All right, well, getting back to Bill and Ted's, uh, this was, for me, obviously more enjoyable than for Trevor. The last thing I'll say here in regards to both of the shows that we are talking about tonight have to do with time travel. In this show, Bill and Ted make no effort to disguise themselves whenever they time travel or appear in an environment <laughs> course, that is not that's present. Of course, that's
1: half the fun, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I do like that. The, do they do that in the other show? No. <laughs> well, kind
0: of which Not is nice even close. Let's segue it's over to best. Let's segue over to our second show and our last show of the evening and that is 1997's Time Cop, which was mm-hmm. adapted from the 1994 Jean-Claude Van Damme film directed by Peter Himes. Jean-Claude's biggest film worldwide. It did about $100 million great box movie. office. Uh, it is a great movie. It a great I mean, great premise that holds... That really it lends splits, itself... And the splits, the whitey splits. That was what the movie was known for, right? <laughs> uh, and uh, I, the, the interesting thing about this is that the, the premise of it is lends itself to being a show. This show has... Because they, can, they basically monitor mm-hmm. time travel and people doing nefarious things and trying to alter... The future and, and and you know for their own purposes, ill-gotten gains. So the idea is very sliders, very quantum leap, very you know they can dip in and out of time periods, and almost reminds me of some Star Trek episodes when they go back to a certain time period and they're all dressed up playing about. But there's a sci-fi angle to it. This was originally written by Mark Verheiden, who did the uh, the Mask of all things and a couple of other random you know television shows like. Uh, Ash vs. the Dead, but adapted by Alfred Goff and Miles Millar, who did Smallville, most notably. So there is some sort of pedigree here for comics, because I think Time Cop was originally a Dark Horse comic that they right. made into a film. So both you know, it has its roots in, in kind of a, a cartoony thing. Uh, yeah. yeah, I guess this, so. They really moved away from the the action in, I thought a little bit more sci-fi. Well, of course, in this, television this is way show. more
1: sci-fi. This is this is you know Stargate. Um, if anyone ever saw the Stargate show, uh, that's what this is. I um, mean, in fact, if if, if sci-fi uh, existed, uh, well, uh, sci-fi, when did sci-fi come into play? I think about the mid '90s. I don't think it might have existed at this point. But um, if this was on sci-fi, I, I bet you it would have done better.
0: Yeah, I think this this uh, actually was on if memory serves NBC. This was primetime television, uh, ABC, yeah. ABC. So uh, and they planned to do thirteen episodes. This premiered in September of nineteen ninety seven. Only nine aired before being canceled, and it didn't look like they skimped out here. This looks like they spent some money.
1: No, they had and they sets, tried right? to do this they had, right. Um, they had decent writing. Um, and I thought that I really liked this show. I thought it was a lot of fun. And this is something I would have watched back in the 90s. Uh, no problem. And I, I watched two of these so far. Um, and I think it starts off a, a lot of fun. The the first episode is called A Rip in Time, where they go back and stop the largest fart ever happening. <laughs> uh, no, that's not what it is. No, but it's, it's Jack. No, it Ripper, happened. Right? I did it last night. Yeah. I last night did they visit you john claude yeah. jumped out I, from <laughs> yeah i, I from, farted from a in, rift and, and told and you hey
0: my girlfriend literally looked at me and said do you even respect me anymore <laughs>
1: <laughs> so we'll uh, leave it at that no we'll just leave it at um, that yeah so but anyhow i go back and, and try to stop this uh this jack the ripper guy but it is of course a, a, a different time traveler guy who's come back and and taking the place of the real jack the ripper and that's kind of how like episode two is kind of the similar thing i imagine that's how most of it is where they are they're given the task to go back in time and and fix something obviously uh something's changed and so you're gonna go back and there's gonna be some kind of a bad guy who is also time traveling doing some nefarious shit uh and so in that in that sense i don't know i thought it was a lot of fun am i am i wrong
0: no, even, without, uh, even
1: without the action, it's still fun. I it's thought.
0: kind of a cool concept that the, the villains are thinking that they can get away with, like, like for instance, we are talking about this episode, in Time, which centers on uh, Jack the Ripper, somebody taking his place and being able to kill, but under the guise that it's somebody else, and they can pop back in. Um, Jean-Claude mm-hmm. has been replaced by an actor named Ted King, who plays a different character, but he's still you know, the lead kind of guy in the time cop unit. He's good in this, but... It's always Kurt Fuller, who's kind of their resident geek. Um, Christy Conway is is the female lead. They have a nice chemistry between the two of them. But it's Don Stark who plays Matuzak, who's strangely enough the only character named after somebody from the movie, who mm-hmm. uh, Eugene Matuzak was the character in the original. Uh, but it's played by Don Stark here, who is the most notable for playing the Bob. neighbor yeah, on Bob. the 70s show. Yeah. And... It's ironic that out of everybody in this fucking episode, that it'd be Don Stark who'd go off to have the best career at all you <laughs> some bitches. Know, you know what I mean, right?
1: Isn't that? I thought that was funny too. I just thought like, oh, it's it's Bob. It's great. You know what I mean? He I always
0: beat. He always beat be Bob. You know when he comes over. Bob. Um, Bob. G- good little show though. What's interesting is that it was canceled due to low ratings and poor advertising. Cut very short, and Mark Verhayden, who said was yeah. had a the writer creator had kind of something to say. He said, In hindsight, I wish the show had been darker and grittier in ber- in both terms of the storytelling and stylistically. But we were trying to deliver an eight o'clock show that meant doing something suitable for children. So gritty wasn't going to happen. We were just getting our sea legs story wise with our last episode, which was a sweet story about Don Stark's character trying to connect with his teenage son. But we were canceled and that episode was wrapping production and and as they say, that was that. So it sounds like if this had gone to sci-fi, they maybe could, even by 90s standards, they could have done this a little darker. Where this really could have thrived is something like Cable. If, if HBO had been doing their hour-long dramas or even Showtime, which I think they had the Terminator show, I don't know Terminator, Total Recall show, rather. Yeah. Um, I think they could have done something there, but why hasn't this been brought back?
1: i don't know totally yeah i really be like done this today i think this would work to, you know, today i agree and i think that something a, a sci-fi show like this is so easy you see them all the time and they, they still play but they they tend to be space-based now more than anything else uh which i'm fine with but i, I would like something different so a time traveling one would be good and they did have that one um uh, I didn't watch, but uh, I can't remember what it's called now. Well, they've had so, so many called, over the years. Yeah. Well, yeah, but it was a pretty recent one. It was called Time Slayer. So they kept trying to cancel it, but... Oh, I know um,
0: you're talking like Nick of Time or... No, yeah, was no on it's the majors. not Nick of Time, yeah. It was on one yeah. of the majors, and they had the Hindenburg in one yeah. episode. I recall I, mean, I think were it was yeah.
1: an, an ABC or an NBC show or something like that. Um, but, yeah, but they kept trying to cancel it, and they... Uh, they, I guess they didn't have a replacement. You know, it's, the only thing that saves shows nowadays is that there is nothing better. There's nothing um, that that, that that'll point. save you. Yeah, that's about the only about the only thing that'll save you at this point. So that show got saved, I, uh, I think, a couple times, but eventually it was canned. So I don't know. I would like to see something more, uh, as you say, a little darker like this. Um, everything on the um, big networks now, are, it's a lot of fun stuff. Um, sci-fi still has dark stuff amazon um has dark stuff netflix has dark stuff so you could definitely do something you could i mean netflix buy this this would be the one netflix it, show i would actually really like
0: this would uh i mean netflix amazon this would deliver probably more amazon people than netflix do this too yeah I this seems ripe for amazon but this character of jack logan played here uh, by tw king is that really his name Ted King, somebody goes by T.W. King, King as well. T.W. King. Um, God. The character lived on after the show in a series of spin off novels written by Daniel Parkinson. So hmm. Jack Logan hunts down rogue travelers and brings them to justice, which sounds just like every episode. But there was a trilogy of books called The Scavenger, Viper Spawn, and Blood Ties released between August 1998 and March 1999. And it's rumored that unused scripts. Were used as basis for these books. So if you really like what you see here, the, the nine episodes, you could probably hunt down those books pretty cheap well, on Amazon. I might Amazon. get those books then. I might watch yeah. the rest of
1: these and get those books. It does look like the, the production company on this is Universal, and NBC Universal is the distributor. So that's uh that's why this looks like a sci fi show.
0: And it just, it has, been, you know, I watched a lot of stuff from back then, uh, whether it be Hercules or Baywatch or you know, things, television of this sure. era. And we just watched something last week from this era, which was Police Academy, the show. And this is, the production value on this is, is great. And that's because it probably was on a major network. Yeah. And this is the pilot episode. But it, I just was really, I was looking at it and thought, like, this looks nice. Like, you had said to me uh, when I when you first watched this, you said, this is a perfectly 1990s show and it's so easy to watch. I could watch all of these. And it sounds like, you continued watching a few of them, at least. So that answers my question. Would you watch more of these? Are you going to continue yeah, I'm gonna watching watch this?
1: These, um, yeah, i watch all these as I go through. But I'm going to savor them. There's only nine. Yeah, I know. I've seen two so far.
0: A, divvy them out to yourself in small
1: so, chunks, my man. I'll slowly be going through this. Um, it doesn't seem like it's something you need to watch all at once. Um, I will say... That uh, for anyone into Time Cop, you probably already know, but the Jason Scott Lee sequel to this Time Cop 2, The Berlin Decision, which, yes, has everything to do with Adolf Hitler, which is even brought up, of course, in in this TV show, the first episode here. But uh, that movie is uh, fantastic.
0: It really is. For a a Mm direct-to-DVD sequel, that has no right being as good as it is. It's better for universal sequels. That's better than 99.9% of those direct-to-DVD sequels that they've done. It also stars Thomas Ian Griffith as the bad guy in that. It was really good. That movie is – I'd like to go back and look at that movie. It's been a while. That doesn't get enough yeah, attention. Yeah, I wouldn't mind doing
1: that. It is a, It is an oddity, I suppose. Yeah. It was one it, of those straight-to-DVD ones. But, yeah, it is one of the better ones. I'd put this along with those, the two Universal Soldier sequels. Even though I say this one's better, but they're it, they're kind of the same production value-wise, I think
0: when you say this Universal of Soldier you're talking ones. about the Canadian ones that have uh, Burt Reynolds right. and uh, Matt Vidagli in it um, those are great great little sequels I think those are better than the Van Damme ones that were released up until that last one they did uh, mm-hmm. Scott Adkins Like that one quite bad but uh, this also reminded me production value wise and looks wise of Lois and Clark which was another show that was running on ABC at the time did, did you get like a a superhero vibe to this at all? Like, kind of like that let... Yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah, all right. I mean, if anyone who watches, um, uh, like, Supergirl or anything, or even, I, I suppose, Marvel Agents, uh, of, agents Shield, of S.H.I.E.L.D., right? That's exactly what this is. It's a group of agents, if you will, or people or whatever. I mean, in, in Supergirl, it's a... Uh, God, I can't remember what they're called. But it's an agency or sisters, and, you know, it's basically... The same thing that you're going to find in most superhero-type uh, stories.
0: Yeah, a, a group battling right. some sort of uh, some bad guy.
1: It's like a uh, government
0: group kind of, too. The Time Cop franchise was spun off further into a video game. Did you know about this? Huh? You know about this? <laughs> no, Super Nintendo apparently had... Uh, So the game was released for the Super NES, although a version was being developed for the Sega CD, and a short demo was (laughs) being distributed in May 1995 with the Sega Pro magazine. So uh, apparently it took until 2007 when a complete version of the game was eventually released by the Sega CD version coder. So there was a game, but it took, um, what's that, 12 years to reach market, so what a shit idea that was i mean it's probably just a reskin of some other game too (coughs) excuse me but uh i never knew about this i I wasn't much into the time cop i've seen that that graphic novel around i I didn't Uh it's kind of you know what it reminded me of was judge dread it was super Hmm. aggressive and kind of stylized and satirical so I never really got mm. into it, and, and I hate to say that. Like, I like the movie version of the Stallone version and Dread, and I mm. like Time Cop, but not because of their source material. And to right. say that for a while was very embarrassing. It's almost like saying you like 300, but I it couldn't was? get through.
1: Well, I mean, I like well, Watchmen, like but I never but I read the read graphic
0: novel. I and didn't. That's true. You know, most of the
1: stuff. But, I mean, who could possibly... Sin City? Well. There are people, obviously, comic book people who really like comic books, but I, I don't think the majority of people just I – mean, like, I like comic books. There's plenty of comic books that I've read, but it could not possibly be the breadth of what they've turned into uh, motion picture media stuff, you know, for television and all that. There's no way I could have read any of all of that. Not possible. Well,
0: since we're talking uh, superheroes, i got to ask you a question. I only got a limited amount of time – in life and in the world. But like <laughs> I got two superhero shows that are dark superhero shows that I'm trying to decide on watching. I know you've watched them both and I need your opinion. Oh. Do I watch the boys or do I watch Watchmen?
1: Oh, I have not seen the Watchmen T V show but I can tell you this boys uh is really good.
0: That's what everybody says, but about both um, of them. But I hear that about boys especially I, know I
1: haven't brought myself to watch Watchmen yet. So I don't know.
0: Okay, so be your recommended yeah, boys, obviously, because you. I seen really boys. did like
1: boys, yeah. Okay, they're the boys.
0: <laughs> yeah, It's fair enough.
1: And the sequel that's, of that's coming up pretty soon too. So, um,
0: where do you rank Time Cop on the Jean Claude Van Damme scale? Like uh, in his movies, do you put it in the classic section? Like, uh, I, to well, me, it's yeah. part of the the rosy the rose years, you know, the, the when things were really on the upswing for him. And I think personally, sudden death, which is his well, next may film, be, I mean, is the top the of the line as the far end. as
1: general audiences go
0: absolutely i mean um and then he wasted that goodwill with the next yes. film which with was cocaine. street fighter uh, and then after that sudden death which i think is his maybe his most overlooked movie um because it was already Very kind good. of uh and then mm-hmm. you, you have the the whole era where he's working with hong kong directors in mm-hmm. double team maximum risk yeah. and uh knock off yeah, cocaine, cocaine, cocaine. Yeah. Cocaine is a what, hell of a That's drug. what did it. Yeah, no, I did. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a sad that's story. It's
1: unfortunate, but yeah, that's what really. Yeah, it's uh,
0: it's because you know, it's like it's a childhood hero and idol watching him, and then you see him now, and you look at Sylvester Stallone, who looks younger than Jean Claude Van Damme, and he's about fifteen years older than him. It's, it's not. <laughs> I say that with all respect. I mean Van Damme they was, it was, if, a, if anything was a at this fucking point, they, they look specimen. the same
1: age, but you're right. Van Damme looks a, a, yeah. a good decade and a half older than he is.
0: This is what I always say: is Jean Claude Van Damme and Tom Cruise are virtually the same age. Yeah, that's you know, it's that's I think they're two years apart. That that's not that goes to show you what kind of living does to somebody. But however, Van Damme had a a, I'm a huge Van Damme fan. Still are am, and uh, I mean I'll even watch the new Van Damme stuff hoping to see a glimmer.
1: Absolutely, man. Hoping to see a glimmer of the old (laughs) Van Damme in there. I watch all of it. I'll watch Dolph, I'll watch Seagal, I'll watch Van Dam. I'll uh, watch Willis just, still, you know. I'll give everyone a shot because please, please bring watch, it back.
0: I'll watch Snipes. I'll go
1: that one. Well, Snipes left. is pretty good though. Um still. Snipes has
0: got some good stuff. I, I will um, say that. Yeah. I,
1: the movies might suck, but he's still at least uh he's still he's as trying. intense as ever and um and still able to do the, the physical stuff, so
0: Yeah. It, it's really just Seagal that's completely gone uh Brando. <laughs> yeah, Seagal is
1: unsavable at this point. I mean Dolph is is basically there. I don't think he gets the opportunities um, that he deserves, but
0: I agree. Although we'll talk about that in our next episode when we discuss uh, Creed two and a couple of their films with Dolph in them. Uh, and Dolph was a current, or uh, a, a very often collaborator with uh, Van Damme in universal soldiers mm-hmm. and Blackwater and a shitload of movies they've done together.
1: Yeah. Dolph's kind of been around with, uh, with everyone.
0: Yeah. He's a, he's a bit of a whore.
1: Yeah. It just goes wherever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do we, do we a two, action here? Mm.
0: A two-issue comic book uh, was originally published to go along with the release of this... Uh, the TV series? TV show, yeah. 1997
1: wow. to 1999. And, uh, I had the I idea that know. the comic book was so... Uh, so prevalent? I don't know what I would say. <laughs> what word would you use? Popular? Was it Popular? I, th- I thought it was popular. Huh, I had no idea. Um, I did not. I didn't realize The Time
0: Cop that. series sits waiting for somebody to come revitalize it. I'm sure the rights aren't very expensive to you snap should. up.
1: You should get it. Amazon, Netflix, HBO. Uh, HBO. Come on. Ooh, HBO. It has
0: a nostalgia factor to it. It has name recognition already. You could throw Van Damme in there as Matuzak. <laughs> right. Get him in there as the old guy giving out the orders now. I mean, this has got some got some things going for this right here.
1: Um, you can get you could get Seagal, Van Dam, Dolph and Willis, cheap all of them. Cheap, very cheap. You, and you cheap. know what?
0: If you have some recliners, they're all willing oh, to sit God. down. Give them. <laughs> <laughs> You've got them for at least an hour. So a lot of stunt coordinators to be used on that fucking shoot. A lot mm-hmm. of them. <laughs> All right, well, that's going to wrap up episode 364. We want to thank you guys for joining us on our look back at Bill & Ted's Excellent Adventures and Time Cop, two television shows spun off of successful film franchises. Uh, Trevor says that Bill & Ted's TV show was dog shit, but he liked Time Cop (laughs) quite a bit. I found Bill & Ted's to be energetic, fun, and uh, kind of a, a cute... 15 to 20 minutes of my time time cop i I enjoyed because it was a real show and reminded me of the kind of thing that you would find in the 90s i didn't Mm -hmm. think that the the pilot was particularly well written but i i -hmm. saw that they were setting up a lot of things so i i think that it probably does get better as it goes along it's
1: warm and cozy is it not
0: Oh, it's about as comfortable as, mm-hmm. as a you know warm milk at night. It reminds me of like putting on Law and Order and falling asleep. You know, it's just it's there. It's right. with Law and Order, it really is isn't cozy to be honest with you. But you know what I mean? Yeah. Well,
1: no. When we were when we were younger, we all I always wondered why do people watch Jag? Well, oh, now I, I know.
0: <laughs> now uh, I know. I get it. I'm about five years away from getting into Jag. I'll tell you
1: what. Oh yeah. Oh oh, a hundred percent, man. I mean, Texas Walker Ranger is the. Uh, that's the the drug you got to be careful with cuz that's the game no, right? no, no no let me tell you <laughs> something about t- so let it. me tell you something about that <laughs> let me
0: tell you something about texas so i had a channel that played very few things and walker ranger was one of the, the the things i got on this limited cable channel but i would fall asleep watching it late at night and i would wake up to this like televangelist <laughs> Asking for seed money from fucking people at like 3 a.m. And it would always just like because mm-hmm. it was on this, you know, very holy right. channel, yeah. I, you know, and I think now it's on heroes and icons or something like that, depending on where you live in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I tried to get into Walker. I think I've see, I tried to I've seen at least 100 episodes of Walker, Texas Ranger, <laughs> uh, to be honest with you. My well, high that's school five seasons, <laughs> my high school growing yeah, out of that's 10, five I think, seasons deep. I, I'm a Chuck Norris fan. That's I'm gonna Just say. I tried to get into it five seasons in the, later. In the '90s, when that show was on, my high school girlfriend's dad, who was a San Francisco police officer, and was about as cowboy as you could come literally was so obsessed with that show he bought the fucking truck that dodge ram truck <laughs> he mobbed that son of bitch around i mean hooting it hard oh my god he, he he i just remember him watching walker on friday nights and thinking i'll never be i'll never be sitting home on friday night watching walker <laughs> cut to about 15 years later i'm sitting <laughs> home watching know. walker
1: reruns i'm telling that you does, man i mean uh, i'm just like we would have I'm, to edit that part out. Jesus, that doesn't... <laughs> that, that came not I, I mean, blue bloods. Like, I'm getting ready. Right, like, it just feels so right. Oh, I'm Like, like look at Tom you, Selleck's stuff. I'm like, there's there's just a certain appeal at this point. Like, stop, what the I fuck is wrong say, with
0: me? When Tom Selleck starts becoming appealing, you know you've crossed over into that down, <laughs> sl- downhill I, I, I like
1: those ones, that those... Uh, it's the geezer uh, pleaser. What are the... Yeah, the... Um, like this Jesse Stone ones, those those are really good though. Oh, Trevor, what are we talking about? We need to get you. In. And you're, I'm, I'm about I'm about 25 years older than I than I am. And you said Bill and Ted's was non-energetic, and you're watching Blue Bloods. <laughs> Jesse Stone, seriously, I'm watching Jesse Stone sitting there fucking <laughs> sitting there on the porch just rocking oh, and shit, thinking, about, just thinking about the murders. You gonna figure that out? It's like Sherlock Holmes for people in the Midwest
0: that's terrible oh man I'm gonna let everybody just ponder that for the end of the night uh, until we're back now, if you start watching uh, Hawaii Five-0 we gotta talk I don't mean the new ones I mean the originals. yeah with, uh, right <laughs> in the 60s we're, then we're talking if you're watching like Beretta and Adam 12 god all right, that's going to wrap up our show. You can find us always on Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, or wherever else you may be. iTunes, obviously, wherever you're getting podcasts. Uh, check out the YouTube channel, Movie Mavericks, and we have all these episodes for your viewing pleasure, so you can watch along and be part of the fun. And also on MovieMavericks.com, go to the podcast page of this podcast, and on the bottom, we'll have both of these episodes posted. Speaking for Trevor Anderson, I am Jason Rugard, and we are the Movie Mavericks. Oh my, another magnificent episode has come to an end. If you're craving more, set your destination to MovieMavericks.com. Warp 9.
1: Engage!